0: Hello there, woman beings. Welcome to another episode. I'm Emma. I'm here today with Kellyanne, with Kelly, and we are going to talk about sex and sexuality and all the things that come along with that. And not really about sex necessarily, but you know, you'll figure it out. You'll you'll get it once we get in there and we talk about it. So let's dive in. Welcome to the woman being podcast community
1: where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds
0: without expectation or judgment.
1: We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine.
0: Okay, woman beings, bear with us. We have a bit of a case of the giggles. We've had a long day thus far. Mm -hmm. We just ate some dinner. Mm -hmm. We are in, (laughs) I feel like whenever we podcast this late, like if it's past like 6.30, Mm -hmm. we just go into full (laughs) crazy mode. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And so we're going to try to reel it in. This is actually like a really important topic (laughs) that we're talking about today. Um, And so I'm just going to open up the floor. Yeah. We're gonna get started. We're just gonna dive in because that's the only way we're gonna get in because we've been sitting here laughing at ourselves for the past ten minutes. <laughs> so um Sexuality. We're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're physical gonna start touch. physical touch. Yeah. Yes. So we're gonna start out with asking as you got older, like when did you start to realize that you had like a sex drive? Um, because you sort of grow up with an understanding of, like, physicality mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Um, and that starts to shift once you get older and things start to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and your relationship, even with your family members, probably starts to change as you go through puberty and stuff. And um, when, when did that happen for you guys?
1: I look back, I'm like, I don't remember having any, like, oh, I have a sex drive moments, mm. like, at all. I mean, other until probably like, oh, I'm getting married and, mm. like, we're making out and things are getting steamy. <laughs> so I guess probably then. Mm. Yeah. Or, or I guess maybe it was probably, like, watching a movie and you get that tingly feeling mm-hmm. down there kind of situation. But I don't have, like, a specific moment or anything yeah. that I can think of. But.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand, like, like through throughout growing up, You know, like, you always kind of, I feel like you have those moments often, Um, but I didn't understand what that was. No, not at all. For a really, really, really long time. And even if I had, like, I had a few boyfriends throughout high school, um, and, like, one in particular, we were quite physical, um... Not sexually, not sexually like physical, but like we'd make out not sexually active. Sorry, not sexually (laughs) active. There we go. Thank you. Um, but we were quite physical. Um, but even then, there wasn't like this alignment almost. Like, I I knew brain wise, I was like, this is fun, this is interesting, I want to explore. But my body, like, I didn't have an understanding or a realization of what was happening in my body.
1: Yeah. And that's what was
2: very interesting. Actually, I didn't have that until I met my husband. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, my body is going to lunge itself at you, like, (laughs) any second. And so it felt like that really came into alignment once me and James met, Mm. which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember. I think I was in middle school, maybe even as young as like fourth or fifth grade, and I um, was watching that '70s show. The oh, <laughs> little Ashton Kutcher action. Well, I think it was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis's characters got into a van. Um, and had sex yeah. in the show. But you don't even see them in the van. You just see the van like comically shaking around. Yeah. And that was the first time I remember being aroused was watching uh-huh. this van shake around. Did you
1: know at the time, like, oh, I'm aroused?
0: I I think I, I realized I was like, oh, I'm having like a a physical reaction uh-huh. to this yeah. implication yeah. that's happening yeah. on, on TV. And I don't know that I thought this is sexual arousal. But I definitely connected that, oh, my body's responding to seeing something sexual happening on TV. Interesting. And I don't know that I even had the language necessarily to associate mm-hmm. that, but I I think if I had known what exactly what sexual arousal was, I would have said that was what it was right. at mm-hmm. the time. You know? And so that was like the first time that I can remember feeling that yeah mm. and feeling that as you said the, the tingly the feel the, <laughs> the butterflies well, I
1: remember like my parents if we were ever watching a movie and something got like too sexy they would always like fast forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like don't watch that kind of thing and so I know that I had kind of created like a oh I'm watching something and I feel that feeling and now I'm ashamed and I need to look away kind of mm-hmm. response. And so I kind of like was like the, I kind of felt like it was a bad thing. So maybe I did know it was something sexual, but I, I mean, I didn't know what it really meant to be aroused or like mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. any of that. So, yeah,
1: I. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't
2: have that understanding like, even though I experienced things like that. Actually, I know that scene you're talking about. And I think I had a very similar experience when I was younger. Whoa. But we were, like, weren't supposed to watch that seventy show because it was very inappropriate. Um, but, uh, yeah, there wasn't that, like, connection. Like, that. Like I, I realized that was a thing, but I thought it was a shameful thing. And mm-hmm. so I ignored it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I even really had a framework for that being shameful at the time mm. just because no one had really talked to me about sex at all or mm-hmm. sexuality. And I like, at least not that I could recall. Um, and so to me, it was just kind of like, oh, this is a thing mm-hmm. that is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of knowing about sexuality and like your what sexual arousal is and all that kind of stuff. When did you guys first learn what sex was? Oh
1: gosh. I mean, Kelly I did
0: on her, at the altar. <laughs> other I <way>. learned. <laughs> uh, June 29th,
1: 2013. you <laughs> just kidding. Um, oh. I mean, I think I had like a progressive learning throughout my life. So, when I was younger, I knew that like, you know, When a mommy and daddy love each other very Mm. much, they, you know, like, rub their bodies together. (laughs) You know, (laughs) something like that. And then, like, over time kind of learned. I mean, obviously, once we hit seventh grade health class, like, we all got the lowdown Mm. um, of, like, man inserts penis into woman's vagina. You know,
0: but... Uh, Now watch a baby be born. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get
1: pregnant or else, (laughs) you know. Be traumatized forever. Yeah. Um,
0: I looked away when they played that video. I didn't watch it. (laughs) That's fair.
1: Yeah, I think I just had, like, just progressive knowledge. And then you hear stuff on the bus and through your friends and, like, at school. And so you sort of, like, pick it up, I guess. But um, one specific memory I have is being on my farm and we were like, exploring the barn. And the previous owner of this home had, like, left all of his stuff. So we had spent, like, a lot of years, like, getting rid of all his crap. And there was this, like, sex book in the barn. Wow. Like, stored somewhere that me and my friend found. And we were, like, looking through. And there was, like, you know, very illustrated drawings of
0: mm.
1: of man and woman having sex. And I remember that being kind of like, whoa that mm. woman put a penis in her face <laughs> kind of situation. And my friend was much more, like, exploratory and, like, you know, brave, I guess, to look through. And I was like, Ugh, I'm not supposed to look at that. Mm-hmm. We should go give it to my parents kind of thing. But.
2: Yeah. Cute. Interesting. Yeah, I am um... – I mean, my parents gave us, like, the talk. I feel, like, young. But I didn't really, like, have an understanding as far as, like, the mechanics of sex. Mm. Like, I thought for some reason that the man's scrotum goes in the vagina. I didn't realize that the penis went in the vagina. Because you pee – like, a man pees out of his penis. How could he put that in her body? He's going
0: to pee in her. He's going to pee in
2: her. That's so gross. So – Um, But I didn't talk about it explicitly with friends, so yeah, it was interesting. But then my parents, uh, well, my mom, uh, read us a book called The Wonderful Way Babies Are Made, and Mm -hmm. that had me even more confused. Um, So it wasn't actually, and I mean, I didn't have experiences like we didn't grow up with the internet I was homeschooled guys I didn't grow up with the internet I basically grew up off the grid um and so we actually didn't have the internet I didn't have experiences with any like anything like porn um and so really it was just me and my friends talking very vaguely about you know gosh like to have sex your bodies have to be like really close together yeah like (laughs) you know things like that and so I felt like it was a very slow learning process, even into my later high school years.
1: Mm-hmm. I also remember, too, you guys ever read the book Forever? No. Oh, okay. That was a book that, like, circulated in, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. And th- this one girl had it and, like, shared it with all her friends kind of thing. And, but it was kind of like a book that everyone read. Mm-hmm. And it was very, like, explicit about Mm. the sexual experience. It's, like, about this girl's first time with her boyfriend or whatever. I just remember, like, reading them because, like, you know, we're all, like, trying to really figure out what sex is. And, you know, other than just, like...
0: be cool about it. Right. Not Mm. really... They're like,
1: you should read this book, right? And so I'm reading this book. And it's obviously, like, all this, like... All these innuendos and, like, Mm. it's hinting towards things. And then it's saying things like, and then he came. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. I think it was like you just slowly piece it together.
0: Yeah. Bit
1: by bit. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think that for my understanding would be that for most people, it's a it's a piecing together as you sort of start to figure it out. Yeah. And what it is. And then and then once you actually do have sex, there's even more piecing together of like what all of that is. Mm -hmm. And so that totally makes sense, especially because people tend to be very uncomfortable talking about it, Mm -hmm. especially with kids or young people. It's like, uh, I don't know how to talk to you about this, yeah. you know. Um, I do, I actually remembered something that might have been an earlier sexual experience than the one that I said as you guys were talking. So I don't know if this counts. And, and this might be something you guys did too, or maybe I'm weird. But um, I remember my like childhood best friend and I would play with our Barbie dolls and we would like have Barbie and Ken start to like make out and oh, then they would 100%. like undress each other. Oh, and like. A hundred percent. I remember. Saucy. I remember my mom like walked in on us while Barbie and Ken were undressing each other and she was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And we were like, nothing, nothing. We're not. We're, uh, uh. I mean, literally, so.
2: that's what you do. Like, that's what you do with Barbies. You play house <laughs> and part of playing house is like mommy and
1: daddy time. And they well, make a baby.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We, I don't think we actually ever had them make babies. I didn't have, like, baby Barbies. I didn't care about the babies. It's very relevant to me now.
1: You're like, I don't want this I, I don't want the
0: baby. I just want, like, Barbie and Ken to, like, hang out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I definitely so. remember, like, putting Barbies on top of each other. I don't think yeah. I undressed them necessarily. It was like, okay, they're in bed now, and now they're on top of each other. <laughs>
0: and I guess this is what sex is. <laughs> yeah. Smash them together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I feel like I have a couple other sort of hallmark like moments. Um, cause I remember, uh, in around the same time, probably that I saw that, uh, that 70s show clip, I don't know if it was before or after, but, um, my friend who I went to after school care with, um, walked me around the gym that we would play in. We did laps around the gym, just walking and her explaining detail by detail what sex was that she had learned from her older sister. Mm. who had told her. And so she, like, basically, I don't even remember exactly how it started, but she was like, okay, I got to tell you about this. And so she told me. (laughs) And even then, like, I don't think I fully understood everything. Um, I remember, like, getting into middle school and reading, like, the Gossip Girl books. And, like, Mm. there's a, a scene I distinctly remember in, like, the first one where one of the characters has sex, and she talks about, like, parting her red sea. And, <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> She's parting her red sea. I don't,
2: I don't think I still know what that
0: means. I'm like, red sea? I, I, don't, I almost want to go back and read it just to know, like, what exactly they were talking about. Because to me, it sounds like period sex. But um, I don't okay. know if that's what it was and I didn't understand enough of what was going on at the time to mm-hmm. even really get yeah. that but I was like she's definitely like having sex. Mm-hmm. And like I think that in the scene they were like watching a, a nature documentary about the Red Sea and then like they then started he having turned sex. And, and by then, Red yeah, sea. it was basically like that. Is <laughs> the Red Sea maybe like
1: the vulva and then he like that's what I would imagine then, like, opens up
0: I guess. I don't know that's exactly what it, I what it was.
2: thought it would but, be. I just don't know why you would refer to it as a red sea. Yeah, like, that's interesting. Or like unfolding flower? That feels a little more realistic to me. I don't know. Anyway. But
0: that was probably the first time that I like heard something that was like the next most sexual thing right. I had like experienced or like read about and then later I like somehow I actually honestly don't even remember how I like stumbled upon pornography mm-hmm. and then I started watching porn pretty regularly after that Mm. and that was something that I know I talked before about like when I saw that 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 70s show thing I didn't really have a grid for like this is bad but I did know when I saw porn I was like this is bad Mm. like this is crossing a line yeah in my mind and I don't think that i had really had ever anyone ever talked to me about it like Mm -hmm. no one had ever told me porn is bad yeah no one had ever told me like don't see people naked or like things like I mean obviously it's like you know don't like If someone's naked in front of you, like, don't interact with them. Or, like, if it's a crazy person or something like that. But, yeah, yeah, I just, like, knew. I was like, this is bad. So I can't tell anyone about this. But I'm, like, experiencing it.
2: Totally. I think, like, no one ever talked to me about porn either. But there was one time we – I was at a friend's house. And we were literally Googling YouTube to go to YouTube. And we misspelled YouTube. And I think it was – something else and i don't know what it was but instantly like some very graphic porn popped up and we both felt physically sick afterwards but we didn't know what porn was no one had Mm -hmm. talked to us about porn there was just this like it felt violating Mm -hmm. and like oh like i'm watching
1: something that i shouldn't be watching
0: yeah
1: and yeah i think the only like cross like the only experience i had with porn as a kid was like one time Googling Daniel Radcliffe. And he had done, like, some... New... Oh, Eckless. Yeah. It's... He
0: did, like, a the play... Oh, the play. ...where he was naked the whole time. Yeah. And it was, like... He had, like, sex with a horse or something. I have no idea. Play.
1: I have no idea. All I remember is, like... Because, you know, when you're a kid, you, like, Google your favorite TV stars or whatever and mm-hmm. look at pictures of them or yeah. whatever? I Googled Daniel Radcliffe one time and was like, that is a naked man's body. <laughs> but... And then I remember telling people, never Google him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't guys don't ever google dating don't right. do like, it if you think about it just don't do it yeah. push that thought away it's bad yeah
1: but like we i mean like similar to kelly we had like slow dial up until high school and then it was like by then i was educated enough because of church and things to yeah. know like not to find that yeah yeah i
2: mean i remember when i moved away Uh, For my first year of ministry school, we had a week called quote-unquote purity week. And it was just in your face, talking about everything. And I went on a rabbit, like a rabbit hole of like, I need to learn everything I don't know. And I started just like Googling everything because I was like, I need to educate myself. Um, And by then I had a pretty fairly clear understanding um but it was just like understanding all the details of everything Mm -hmm. and the hormones and the physicality and literally as much detail and as scientific as I could understand and then after that for a few months I just walked around telling people I want to be a sex therapist because like no one knows anything about this Mm -hmm. and like I understood like everyone does know but like The fact that I could get to the point in my life that I did without knowing that much was baffling to me. Yeah. I was like, how could I not have known I was 18 years old and I didn't know, like,
1: much about sex? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was married at 18. Mm -hmm. Ross and I... Um, We had our wedding night, and then the day after, we're in the airport ready to, like, fly off to our honeymoon, and we bought a book on sex in the airport because we were like, we really don't know what we're doing. Like, we need
0: help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even now at 26, a few months ago, my roommates and I were Googling what the vulva is because we weren't sure which part of your vagina, the vulva is. Right. And, like, so it's even things like that that are so simple. I mean, we probably learned it in health class, but it just did not retain. Mm -hmm. And none of us could be like, none of us could tell you. Mm -hmm. But, like, I know where an elbow is. (laughs) I know where your boobs are. You know, like, I know all the other body parts. Well, and I feel
1: like the word vulva and vagina get interchanged a lot. And so people are like, oh, my vagina. And it's like, well, you mean your vulva or the other way around. Yeah. It gets confusing. Yeah, for sure. So...
0: You were learning about sex, figuring, you were figuring it, out. it out, trying to. Trying. Obviously curious about it because Just you're so lying curious. if you're saying you're not curious. Mm-hmm. You know. Well,
1: and you feel stupid in school. If, yeah. Like you don't. You know. don't want to mm-hmm. like not know. Yeah.
0: But like you want to know. Yeah. But how do you figure it out if you can't tell anyone that you don't know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, so as you guys started to like have boyfriends and like mm-hmm. date and interact with the opposite sex what did that look like, you know, as you started to have physical experiences Mm -hmm. with people who were, like, outside of your family and that were more intimate than friendships?
1: I mean, Kelly? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my first boyfriend I had when I was 16. No. No, no, no. I was 14. Sorry. (laughs) And um, I... We weren't allowed to, like, kiss... Mm -hmm. And so our physical relationship was very tame, you know, like we held hands, we snuggled when we watched movies, but like we weren't like doing stuff. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that that would like, that. I don't know, awaken anything. I will say I had a female friend when I was about like 12, in the range of like 11 to 13 to 14 roughly roughly 12 13 um where she was like a lot more physical than I wanted to be as a Mm. friend like I was cool with like hugs and you know like head on the shoulder kind of stuff but she like wanted to snuggle and she wanted to like kiss me on the cheek and hold hands and like like touch me for extended periods of time And that was, like, definitely a confusing experience for me. And looking back, like, it was like, oh, wow, she was, like, crossing a lot of boundaries for me that Mm -hmm. I didn't really. Mm -hmm. And when it's girl on girl, like, you you don't know how to, like, combat that because there's nothing wrong with girls touching girls, Mm. you know. Like, we were taught to, like, not let boys touch us, but what happens when it's a female. And so Mm. there's definitely a lot of, like, not sexual, but, like,
0: I mean, it's, more it's, it's intimate, intimate, and, like, that's yeah. confusing. Right, mm-hmm.
1: like, intimate experiences with her that, like, left me feeling really uncomfortable. And, like, there were some things where I'd be like, I don't want them, I don't like that. But then there are other things. I remember one time she, like, had her head on my shoulder. And this was, like, tied up in a whole bunch of other abusive issues. But had her head on my shoulder or whatever, and I felt like I couldn't move and couldn't escape. Mm. And felt, like, trapped. Mm. Yeah. So that was probably, like the biggest sort of physical touch landmark in my adolescence I mm-hmm. would say more so than like boyfriends mm-hmm. um and then when I met Ross you know like we were just we were pretty innocent we were both waiting until we were married you know like yeah 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 Making out. <laughs> sneaking behind the deaf to steal a kiss
0: kind of thing. But. Oh yeah. saucy. Oh yeah.
1: Get it. <laughs> Dry humping a little
0: bit, you know. Oh, but that was really as far that as That we was went. my jam. So that does oh, not seem that's not like that innocent.
1: No. <laughs> but I mean like for Christian people who are literally months away from getting married, like
0: I mean I don't know. I mean I don't know what your like church Culture was around that, but like in my church, that would have been.
1: Oh no! Yeah, you we should
0: probably break up.
1: We didn't tell anybody about that. Oh yeah, yeah no, you <laughs> so keep that, that in a secret. <laughs> but, but also, but everyone you, does. Yeah, it's like, like it's not like oh, this is like something we talk about, but it's also like it's something that everybody who's like about to get married does, and it's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> oh yeah, we mm-hmm. did it. We it were, wasn't.
0: Yeah, there wasn't like a this is okay. You should yeah. like there's there was no sort of underpinning that I received from anyone. Regarding that. So that's really interesting that you got that. Yeah.
2: Interesting you had that experience. I had a very similar experience when I was much, much younger. But it was it was sexual. And I had an older girl that... Um, it, se- it feels so extreme when I say, like, sexual abuse. But it's not... Like, there's no other word for it. And it's weird because you're not taught, like, oh, if a boy does this to you, like, don't let it happen. Go tell an adult. But you don't really talk about, like girls doing it to girls and it's like i think that's something that um parents need to be very aware of like if kids are going to experiment i don't know that it matters as much if it's with a boy or with a girl Mm -hmm. um because kids are curious Mm -hmm. and i felt like i couldn't say anything for a long time and thankfully like our families kind of just like drew apart and it turns out her family had a lot of pain that they went through and needed to work out. But um, those formative years are very important. And, like, if if something like that is happening, I just think you, you need to be aware of your children. And you need to, like, make sure you're communicating to your children. Hey, like, if something like this happens, come tell me. Like, yeah. you don't have to do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Like but she kind of formed it like, oh, we're playing. Mm. And it was like, "Mm, this isn't playing, but when you're six, you don't necessarily know the difference. And so I had that to work out, but um, gosh, I had some, I think I had my first boyfriend around 14, 15, Mm -hmm. Um, but we weren't like official. We were just like held hands and like Mm. hung out. And then I had my first boyfriend like, actual boyfriend when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And we were, we would just make out all the time. Like, <laughs> any opportunity. Um, but, again, it wasn't like, it didn't feel sexual to me. It felt curious. It mm-hmm. felt like...
1: This is fun. This
2: is fun. This is, like, an activity to do. Like, it wasn't like I'm driven by a force. Mm. You know what I mean? And so... Um, Again, once I met James and we had our first kiss, that was like fireworks. Mm-hmm. I like l- felt like it was an out-of-body experience. And all of a sudden, I understood. Everything clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it just it didn't feel – sexuality felt like it was something that floated outside of my body and that wasn't really attached to me for some reason. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe it could have been because of some of my experiences when I was younger mm-hmm. um, with that older girl. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. um, I mean, I guess it's not funny. But uh, hearing you guys talk about, like, having earlier sexual, physical experiences with girls before with boys, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that not enough girls talk about Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, even things as little as, like, like everything that I that I learned about sex came from girls, mm-hmm. came from girls telling me things, or from me and my girlfriend doing the Barbies and like things like that. And then um, I remember uh, when the song "I Kissed a Girl" came out by oh, Katy Perry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I would have sleepovers all the time with like all of my girlfriends, and uh, we were all hanging out, and uh, we listened to that song, and we were like. We should all kiss. Mm. Like that was like the conclusion we Logic. came to from mm-hmm. that song, and so we all, like each we all paired off, and each of us did like a little t- to each other, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the most innocent little like peck ever. And we were like scandal. Ooh. Can't Ooh. believe we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was like, I mean, that was kind of my first kiss, but like mm. it wasn't like really a kiss. Um, in that, like, there was no real, like, there was no, like, affection really attached yeah. to it or anything like that. We were just kind of like, this song's talking about kissing girls, so let's, like, what do if a little... we're talking
1: about first, first kisses? My first kiss was with a boy named Jack in kindergarten, mm, and yeah. I thought I was gonna marry him. <laughs> and we would kiss all the time. Oh, we, wow. We, we rode the bus together, and we would, like, sit next to each other and be like, you know? Cute. Oh my god! Yeah. A little kissing buddy. Oh no! I
2: actually yeah. first kiss for me was with a boy whose name was Bray, and I don't remember. Bray, Bray is his name, and his um, sisters. He had an older sister. Her name was Ariel, and mm-hmm. I thought that was the coolest, prettiest name you could ever right. have. And we also like played like house and we got married and it was just like "Mm -hmm." yeah um and i really liked bray i don't know what happened to him Hmm. or why we stopped him up we stopped playing bray if you're out there
0: (laughs) Bray, it was a good time bud there can't be that many Brays out there no same
1: same for you jack (laughs) (laughs) it's a good time
0: um i actually don't even remember which girl i kissed when i was with my friends so (laughs) I can't call that person out. (laughs) But uh, it's funny, though, too, because that you you guys talk about both having relationships very, very young, like Mm -hmm. these little fake relationships that that kids would have. Mm -hmm. um, Because I never had that, and I, like, wanted it really badly. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, liking boys and stuff, like, for as early as I could remember, and having crushes and stuff. But, like, no one ever really, like, reciprocated with me or ever, like, um, I guess like initiated mm. and uh, I even told like a couple boys that I liked them and they would say they liked me too and then nothing would happen. So like I think thinking about that and sort of on the fly processing it I feel like um, as we're sort of talking about the the lines being blurred and sort of like sexuality as you're getting these first time sexual physical experiences like I think I started to tell myself growing up, like, that boys just didn't like me. Mm. And so um, as I got older, and I also received messages from, like, my family that were things like, oh, if you were gay, that would be okay – And, like, it's okay Mm. if you are, like, and the fact that they would tell me that made me think, do they think that I am? Like, because they're saying that? Like, does that mean that they're seeing something in me? And I had a lot of friends who were gay. Mm -hmm. um, And that was sort of my crowd (laughs) in high school. And so I think some of that, like, made me question, like, oh, if I'm getting all these messages, and if I haven't had boys really like me, Mm. then does that mean that I'm gay? Yeah. You know? And those thoughts were like things I thought about but like weren't really um, deep. They didn't feel like they were coming from like within me. They Mm. felt like they were coming from messages I was receiving on the outside. Mm. And that was definitely an interesting thing to navigate. And then like once boys finally did start to like me, I was like, this is great. (laughs) Like the boys are liking me, finally. Um, And I'd had my first boyfriend when I was 17, which felt very late to me. But I was always a late bloomer. I didn't even get my period till I was 13. So I was wow. the last of my friends. So then I started to finally have relationships with guys and, like, getting into that, like, sort of more physical intimacy. And I remember my first boyfriend was um, my pastor's son. And so... As you can expect from Stucked that. right into the drama. There was, mm-hmm. like, no physical intimacy allowed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this is the pastor's kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we did, like, we would, like, you know, sort of slyly cuddle on the couch when, like, his parents weren't around. Mm. And, like, that kind of thing. Or, like, hold hands. We did eventually do kisses on the cheek. Mm. <laughs> wow. And I remember one time we got yelled at because I was... Sitting next to him with my legs on his lap, and that was no heinous. Bueno. That is, you might as well have been having sex <laughs> wow. because we got in so much trouble for that. Wow! And uh, so that was like my first, like boy that I was like physical with, and that was interesting too because I, when I look back at that, I don't really remember ever feeling that sort of electricity you're talking about. Mm. Um, in terms of, like, feeling a real, like, click or a spark in in being physical mm. with somebody. And, um, I mean, probably part of why it didn't work. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was, like, the first boy for me and the way that that had gone.
1: Well, it's hard, though, to, like, have a physical spark when, like, the lines are so rigid and you cannot like my dad was so strict and like Mm. he was like a you can date when you're married kind of dad Mm. and so like I remember the first time Ross ever held my hand was in my living room with my parents watching a movie and he like grabbed my hand and I was like Uh we can't be holding hands right now. And I sort of held it, like, for enough time for it to, like, not be rude and then, like, slowly, like, Ah! took my hand back. (laughs) Because I was like, my dad does – I mean, and Ross had asked my dad if he could date me already, and my dad said no. Mm. So, um, like, I was like, no, we can't do that. Mm. But, yeah, Mm. like, it's hard to, like, experiment and feel the spark and, like, pay attention to what your body's doing when there's not, like – space for that yeah. I felt like I don't know some some women have different experiences and like the structure cre- like creates a, a rebellious like thing and they go after that or you know whatever but for me it was like I was terrified mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I get that and like
2: I think a lot of the communication that we're given uh, especially in purity culture growing up is like don't lust
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. like lust is the worst but like what is that I did not understand what lust was like because I wasn't even fully experiencing sexual feelings yeah like I had no clue and so I was conflicted and confused but also it didn't feel wrong but everyone was telling me it could be wrong and I was like I don't understand Mm -hmm. and now actually as an adult stepping back I'm like oh man like my my boyfriend that I was more physical with um, tried to talk to me about it was like I mean is this right Because it's right that we're just hanging out, like, making out. And I was like, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. Like, what's your problem? He's like, it just feels like we're sitting around lusting. But now, like, that I'm an adult and thinking at it from a teenage boy perspective, I'm like, oh, I can get that that's a very different experience for you than it would be for me.
0: Mm. Um, Well,
1: I'm curious, like, even now as an adult, I'm not really sure how I would define lust. lust. Mm -hmm. Like, how would you guys define that? Great question.
0: Less, especially lust. for a female. I mean, or mm. like,
1: I, I don't think like a man getting an erection is less. Is lust, right? Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: like it's not simple. You can just like arousal. bump into a chair
1: the wrong way and just like boom, you know. Yeah. Especially when you're a horny teenage kid. So mm-hmm. like, what does that really mean?
0: It means they're attracted to chairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <seriously. laughs>
0: the wind blows the wrong way you know like yeah it's not necessarily just arousal right it seems
1: right and your body having a response to something is not like not something that you should be ashamed of I don't think like there's if you're watching a movie and you feel the tinglys you know like it's not because like you've in your mind determined like I'm going to lust after this you know Ryan Gosling in the notebook or whatever it is I don't know
2: or a van shaking back and forth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in my case. That was when my love for vans first began. And All that's right. why I want to live in a van. Good to know. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You have a sexual attraction to vans. Yes. Van sexual. Yes, that's what it is. I am a van sexual. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I mean to me, lust would be defined as like sexual arousal that is manifesting itself in a way that objectifies or hurts other people. Mm. Um, I think that, or maybe also, like, when, like, sexuality and sexual arousal becomes, like, an obsession Mm -hmm. for you. Um, To me, like, those are lines that shouldn't be crossed, is, like, objectifying others, Mm. Um, So that would mean watching pornography
1: or... That um, line is real fuzzy with pornography. I don't know, like, how you step into that world without, like, objectifying people. I mean,
0: I tend to be pretty black and white with that, that if it's pornography, it's probably, it's objectifying people. Mm. Um, But, I mean, I also watch R-rated movies that will have sex scenes in them that are, I mean, essentially pornographic if you want to think about it, very black and white. And so, Mm. to me, that's not crossing that line necessarily, but that's also too, like, consenting adults acting versus the world of pornography is, like, a whole different animal. Tied to trafficking and stuff. Yeah, tied to trafficking, Mm -hmm. tied to non-consent, tied to abusive scenes and all sorts of different um, stereotypes and all sorts of unhealthy expectations that come with it. Right, Um, But a trend I've actually seen in film a lot more lately is showing the awkwardness of sex, which I think is really cool. And Um, I think that's very healthy. Yeah, is showing, like... Okay, like these people are having sex, but they're not looking necessarily their most amazing. Or they're having sex, and then yeah. it's just kind of like, okay, well, now we're going to. Yeah, g- I feel like British shows, on. especially, are oh, like, yeah. very
1: much like like sex education. <laughs> yeah, sex education. I was thinking that. So or um, uh, Fleabag recently. Yeah, came Fleabag, out. very like, Great. awkward sex scenes. Yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> even the show um, Ginny and George Ouch has received some controversy lately because they made a joke about Taylor Swift, but I. I carry on. Taylor Swift is mad at them. But I enjoyed the show and it showed like this teenage girl having her first sexual experiences and it was very sort of like awkward. It was uncomfortable. She didn't really know Mm -hmm. what all was going on and like you sort of see her trying to slowly process through all of that and realize was this okay? Was Mm -hmm. I actually okay with this or was I not? Did I feel pressure? Like there's so many nuances they were showing with it that I think is really valuable and if... I mean, honestly, like, a lot of kids don't get that kind of nuance from their parents when they talk to them about sex. So, mm-hmm. like, I think it's good for them to get it at least somewhere. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and not, like, the romanticized. Yeah, not religion. like, this is just
0: going to be the best like thing the ever. And, like, 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 Yeah, like the notebook. I was <laughs> like,
1: that's not real. The music <laughs> soundtrack and the smooth, glossy skin. And they're just, and like, the, the smashing down the hallway. Like,
0: yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> So we're talking about, you know, all of these experiences that you guys started having, that we all started having with boyfriends and stuff and movies and all that jazz, Ryan Gosling, you know. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, obviously. <laughs> and um, so as as people who are in the church as well, uh, you touched on this a little bit, but like, did you guys feel a lot of sort of guilt or shame around those experiences that you started having. Um, like what did that look like? And like, did you receive any sort of like condemnation from the church or was it something that was sort of just hidden in your shame closet from the church?
1: That was a shame closet situation. I mean, outwardly I was the good Christian girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I didn't really talk about any of that stuff Mm. at all um and then even like my experience with my female friend um like I didn't have words for that like it wasn't until I was maybe in college or beyond where I realized oh I had like a pseudo lesbian relationship you know Mm. like um and you know I think I'm still in the process of like figuring that out and what that meant and like Mm. how that affected me um but yeah, like I would say less so from the church and more so just from my dad, but also from the church is like
0: yeah. lots well, of shame. His messages were coming from the church right. as well, you know, like it was right. a trickle down, you mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah, and his intention, like he really wanted to protect me and like um, he was doing his best to, you know, keep me from, you know, rapey teenagers essentially. And that's fine. But as a result, I, I was just like very nervous about all of the, Mm. all of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say most of it's in my shame closet or was in my shame closet. Now I feel like I have moved past a lot of the mindsets I had growing up specifically around like things like, sexuality what's right and what's wrong and what's sinful and what's not and I'm like I don't know about any of that but it doesn't I was a one so growing up it was like I just want to get it right mm-hmm. and if I didn't get it right it crushed me mm-hmm. and when people were like oh I just want to hold you accountable to me that's like you failed mm-hmm. and so like I didn't have that um, that thick skin if you know what I mean and so, um, yeah, a lot of it stayed in the shame closet. Even, you know, when I was in school, even educating myself around bodies and hormones and, you know, sex positions. How does sex work in different positions? I don't understand. Like, show me the cartoon graphics and, like, how that's working. Um And, like, the attitude was, oh, you don't need that right now. Right. You don't need that education because you're not married. Mm -hmm. Right. And I did not agree with that. I felt like that was a bad mindset. And I felt like if I wait until, you know, for the sake of, quote, unquote, purity, really it's ignorance, um, until, like, three or five months before I get married, like, that's a lot to take in. And honestly, like, sex, like, since we got married, sex has been a process. And I can't actually imagine what marriage, what sex would have looked like had me and James not made out and not, like, gone a little too far, quote-unquote, or, like, you know done some dry humping, touched stuff that probably shouldn't have been touched because I would have been so locked up and Mm. so terrified. Like I was actually starting to unlearn some of the trauma that I had picked up and accumulated in my purity backpack throughout my life. And that actually needed to start coming undone Mm. beforehand.
1: So yeah, yeah, definitely like I can tell you what that was like because I don't, but like leading up to marriage, I think that there were certain things that we felt like, are we supposed to talk about this? Like, are we supposed to wait? Like, and so there was definitely that attitude of you can't talk about it too soon. Otherwise it's going to like lead you down a path. Unlock
0: your Pandora's box right? It's going to leave you,
1: lead, it's like a gateway conversation that could lead you into, you know. Yeah. Sex before marriage, which is the ultimate sin of the time. So mm. definitely, like, there was a lot of pressure to not learn, to not know, you yeah. know. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, where innocence is often associated with naivety. Mm. And that, yeah, I think that was more harmful than helpful, for sure. Yeah, mm. it it definitely is.
2: And I I just don't think... I don't think there should be a prerequisite to understanding your body and your functionality and how it's designed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, well, you're getting married now. So you might as well understand what an orgasm is. It's like, I think people deserve to know that. And Mm. I don't think it's okay to teach people that they are a ticking time bomb of sexuality. Right. Um, And I felt that even as a 18 19 year old yeah um but again i kept a lot of those things to myself because i knew that if i was honest about what i was educating myself with my relationship with james i would get um you know what's the word Chastised. Chastised. Yeah. I would have been told, like, you're doing it wrong. Mm. And I'm like, ah, I actually just followed my convictions, and I'm sorry they're different than yours. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I one thing that I think about is uh, your period, right? So um, I've heard stories of girls who didn't have any framework for what a period was, and then they had it. Uh-huh. And they were like, what is happening to me? Uh-huh. I am bleeding where I've never bled before and I'm not injured. I don't understand. And then other girls were told beforehand, this is your period. You're going to need to do this. This is what's going to happen. Like, let me show you. This is a tampon. This is a pad. Blah, blah, blah. blah. This is normal. Everyone's going to do it. It's going to happen once every month, roughly. Roughly why do we, like, prepare girls for uh, their period coming, but we don't prepare people for sex that is also coming? Right. You know? Like, why would we think that it would be productive to hold out on someone when they're not experiencing that yet to, like, how will that leave them better off? Mm -hmm. Um, Because what actually is going to be best is to be fully equipped and prepared in knowing what you're getting into so that then you can handle it in the best way possible yep and instead of coming in just like a deer in headlights surprised yep. at all that is happening yeah mm-hmm. and so that's one thing that I think about with that but yeah. i mean i definitely had a lot of shame and guilt attached with like physicality in with with a boy mm-hmm. like i i mean as we have talked about before in our like purity culture modesty episodes um i was part of like the whole i kiss dating goodbye Mm -hmm. wave (laughs) across um christianity and so i read the book i kiss dating goodbye and i was like i'm never hugging a boy again i'm not going to kiss anyone until i get married and I, I'm going to literally not date anyone until that's the person I'm going to marry, mm. was what I thought. Mm. And then I liked boys, mm. and then I was like, okay, I guess I'll date you, even though I wasn't going to date. And then it was like, okay, I guess I'll give you a hug because like you're my boyfriend now, so mm. I should probably give you a hug. And that was like a big deal, that yeah. I would even hug a boy. Yeah. And um, I remember then later on it was like i feel like you you touched on this a little bit kelly the idea of like this thing being restricted and so then there's like this desire for rebelliousness mm-hmm. um when i was in um this relationship towards the end of high school going into college i uh we it, it seemed like any moment the doors were closed we were just going at it with one another and mm-hmm. it was like if there is any secrecy available to us then we are going to be physical mm-hmm. and that felt really unhealthy because it was like okay like we're just gonna like jump one another's bones anytime that we have that chance as if like this is really just what we're waiting for mm-hmm. and that's like what the relationship is all about mm-hmm. when like it should be about more than that you know yes and um I remember after nine months of being together he convinced me to kiss him <laughs> and and <laughs> Uh, We finally kissed. And then once that happened, that was, like, a click. Mm. In terms of – because, like, I think I had had, like, sexual experiences before with pornography, with masturbation, and all those types of things, and with this boy. But, like, once we kissed, it was, like, all bets are off, you know? Fireworks. And it was just, like, so intense in the in the physical aspect, but on the outside, we had to seem like we were so innocent and good Christian couple, mm-hmm. and there was a ton of pressure around that to the point where, anytime, time, all pretty much any time that we did anything physical, I would wind up sobbing by the end mm-hmm. because I was so guilt ridden mm-hmm. that we were, making out that we were dry humping that whatever like it was just like I am so, like beklemt at this. Like I can't mm-hmm. even handle how um upsetting this is and how guilty I feel. Mm-hmm. And I was mortified at the idea that somebody from church would know that mm-hmm. this was happening, that I was being yeah. physical with a boy. Yeah. And we didn't even have sex. <laughs> like and it, yeah. and it was just like it felt monumental to me. Mm, totally. Like it was like this is the biggest sin mm-hmm. that I could commit. Yeah. And that hurt our relationship a lot. <laughs> Um, from feeling like the scarcity mindset around being physical with one another to then also just being riddled with like guilt and shame mm, right. to where basically we were either we were either pretending to be perfect in front of people, jumping one another's bones in private, or sobbing in private. <laughs> it was like... Yeah. And so it was sort of this vicious cycle mm-hmm. that does not foster a healthy relationship. And like, I wonder, like... W- if we hadn't had such strict mindsets that we had been, like, that have been enforced in us in the church around being physical, would that have been the same way, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, even within my family, like, they didn't care if I was physical with a boy. Like, they I didn't grow up with Christians or anything. And so that wasn't even coming from my family. It was just coming from my church. Yeah, And so that was, like... It's, like, what would have been different and, like, how much healthier could that relationship have been Mm -hmm. if there wasn't that just, like, it just felt like a gray cloud hanging Mm -hmm. over it. So, like, there was no way for this to succeed, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, we just in general, we put so much pressure on young people Mm -hmm. when it comes to that kind of thing. And I'm not saying, like, the message is wrong or the heart's wrong. I think the approach is wrong. And I think the way we handle mess ups is wrong. Like Mm. it actually it has been proven that it just it doesn't it's not working. Yeah. Like and like you said, like it's actually more damaging to relationships or at
0: least
1: I think it's more damaging. I
0: think it definitely can be. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad for the decision that Ross and I made, like, to wait for each other. And honestly, I was 18, so it's not like I had to wait really that long. But, (laughs) um, like, I'm glad that, like, we were each other's first and that we will be each other's only for our marriage and and the rest of our lives. But um, it also feels like that has to be, like, independent choice and, like, Mm -hmm. that has to be something that we empower our youth to, like... Decide not and not yeah. like coerce into deciding because mm-hmm. there's just so many like I remember one time where this pastor made everybody in the room stand up and like pledge to never have sex until marriage you know things like that just get weird you know yeah and then as soon as someone does have sex they're like kicked out or, yeah, like, you're out of the group. they're ostracized or whatever and that's like very cultish yeah mm-hmm. and like that's not that's it's not, very I
2: don't know cultish and then it's saying you can actually lose part of yourself oh
1: gosh like You're not get me into it you know and yeah.
2: that's that's not That's not a healthy thing to teach
0: our young people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. because
1: first of all, like, the shame of your own body, like, mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, I messed up, therefore I've, like, given away a piece of myself. But second of all, that causes you to think differently of people who have had sex. Mm -hmm. And so you're, like, demeaning them or diminishing them Mm -hmm. in a very unhealthy way in your own mind. And that Mm -hmm. creates unequal, weird dynamics. Yeah. yeah. Almost
0: like a hierarchy. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like God doesn't bless, like, our decision to obey, because he does, you yeah. know? But, like, we got to just
0: chill out a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, too, that, like, when I think about the idea of a bunch of teenagers standing up and making a pledge that they're not going to have sex before marriage, we don't do that with other things. No. no. Like, if you look at the Ten Commandments, you don't also have them stand up and go, I pledge to not lie. Like, yeah. I pledge to not envy after my neighbor's property <laughs> or whatever the verses i'm to really...
1: never murder anyone yeah, yeah. like it's we like... don't
0: feel the need to do that and i think that this comes back to sort of like the church's fixation with sex and sexuality being just sort of like the deadliest sin yeah um when that's actually not biblical and the bible talks about how um all sin is, is the same in God's sight and also talks about grace. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think that the church does that with homosexuality. The church does that with having sex before marriage. The church does that with staying single.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, the
0: church does it with so many things that it's just, like, it's, it's kind of bizarre that they have yeah. such an obsession with it to me. Um, but it it's causing so many warped mindsets mm-hmm. in young people and I think it's also pushing a lot of people away from the church. It definitely is. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we could dog on what the church does probably forever, and we do. We have this thing called the Woman Being podcast where we do that. <laughs> we do. No, we. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I do love the church, and I think that there's lots of value in it. But Absolutely. there's also a ton of things that have been done wrong. Absolutely. Um, that need to be called out. Mm-hmm. Um, but. To sort of wrap all this up on, like you know, maybe a slightly happier note, um, what is it that you guys would say to um, a young person, um, I guess especially young girls, mm-hmm. as they are coming into their own physically and sexually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is sort of your token to them?
2: I would say your body is beautiful, your body is sacred, your body is holy, and your body is good. It's not wrong to be curious and to ask questions. Um, It's not wrong to be educated and listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of external pressure, um, a lot of external shame, but like literally tune into your heart, tune into the voice of God in you, and stick to that conviction because it actually won't lead you wrong and what you feel peace about you will never regret
1: that's nice good job um i think like i want to continue to first of all grow in understanding my own body especially as a woman and the way that it works and moves it's been a learning process and a growing process for me um but i want i want my young people to to be encouraged to connect with their body in that way Mm -hmm. not even like on a sexual level just like understand your cycle understand your hormones understand like what is happening and like be comfortable with the fact that you have a vulva and pubic hair and things like that and like learning to just be accepting of your body as a part of you Mm -hmm. um because I think that the church has a lot of like mind over matter Mm. teachings where it's just like
0: connection from the body right and Mm. it's like you
1: just have to decide but what you're actually doing is misaligning your mind with the rest of your body rather than like bringing them all into alignment Mm. so um i would love to like grow in that so that i can speak more into that into the life of whether it's daughters or nieces or whoever i may be speaking into whoever's lives. And um, the next part of that, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, is that purity is not connected to your physical activity. It's not connected to your lack of physical activity. It's actually a gift from God. And um, the the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. So no matter how uh, abstinent you are, no matter how not abstinent you are, like your purity actually comes from the grace of god and what jesus did for you on the cross so um knowing that like there's nothing you can do to obtain or maintain your purity i think is really important Mm. and um yeah just remembering where your source comes from and absolutely you know be obedient you know seek after the lord and do what he's saying in scriptures but um yeah keep in mind keep in mind that um That your righteousness, your purity, your holiness, it's all from God.
0: I think for me, the message that I would want to get across to a young woman, a young lady, is that you don't have to keep things secret. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, for me, there was a lot of feeling like I can't tell anyone about this because nobody else will understand and nobody else is experiencing this, but I assure you, so many other girls are experiencing the same things you are, whether it's struggling with pornography or masturbation, whether it's going, quote, too far with your boyfriend, whether it's wondering if you could have feelings for another girl. Like, there's, there's actually so many other women who are thinking and feeling the same things as you Mm -hmm. and so you don't have to keep those secret and feel the shame that comes with secrecy Mm -hmm. Um, but you can actually get encouragement and get support and get like camaraderie from other girls that are around you Mm -hmm. and there's so much freedom in that and there's so much goodness that comes from recognizing that you're not alone Mm -hmm. um and so that's something that helped me so much when I did do it and is also something I wish I had done more um growing up and and having all these different experiences I wish that I had felt the freedom to be able to talk about them and to um honestly when I have talked about them as I've gotten older it's it's like a weight coming off that had been burdening me that I didn't even realize I was carrying Mm -hmm. because I'd carried it for so long Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's what I would say but
2: awesome. Some pretty solid advice.
1: Also great job.
0: Great job to you. You guys are great. No, you. Oh my gosh, you're great. Kelly-Ann, oh my gosh, you're great. You're great. you did a great job. You're Emma, so great. you did a great job. Kelly, you did a fantastic <gasps> job. And yeah. Kelly-Ann, you did a wonderful job. <laughs> Thank
2: you, Emma. You did a phenomenal job. Wow.
0: Phenomenal. Well,
1: with the hostess. Highest praise. Highest praise.
0: On that note... You guys did a phenomenal job listening. Yeah, thank you, you did. for tuning in yes. to another little episode of the Woman Being Podcast. I hope that hearing about some of our experiences, even if it's just sharing stories, can let you know some more of the fact that you're not alone mm-hmm. and that it's okay to have sexual experiences. It's okay to be aroused. It's it's okay to experience these things because they're normal human things. And they're things that I think narratives have often told us women don't experience, but they actually do. And um, so I hope that you gain some value from that. And um, yeah, that's it. Leave us a re- review, <laughs> yes. a row review. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably there. Um, leave us a review because that's really helpful to us. It lets us know what you like about the podcast. And um, it also helps more people to find the podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at womanbeingpodcast or check us out online, womanbeingcommunity.com. And uh, I guess that's all. We'll see you guys next week for another Tuesday episode. Bye. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. (laughs)